This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! The first game of the season is done, so let's not dwell on it for too long. It's the warm-up, episode 113. It's Brady and Tom. It's the Leicester City preview, and this week we're joined by the podfather himself, Mr Matt Shaw. Matt, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I can tell when you're struggling to get a guest because you always ask me to come on. So uh, here I am filling in as usual. So nice to see you both. It's like it's like the beard and glasses club, isn't it? This? <laughs> yeah. it's, the, it's the nerd gang. No, to be fair, yeah. you were you were first choice. We Tom does the guest, so it's uh, Mr. Tom Bradshaw who brought you in. And you were first in your choice. Your face, Cosy, in your face. <laughs> <laughs> How are you two guys? You all right? We. We're good, yeah. I'm I sure feel like we'll as on. the host, Brady, no one ever asks you how you are, so I want to know how Brady is. Oh, Brady, I'm okay. Yeah, we're recording this um, after I've been to Leeds Pride and I'm slightly hungover, so uh, yeah, should should be interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm good. Tom, are you good? Nasty. Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm a bit worse for wear. Did 90 minutes on Sunday and lost 10 nil. So there's like the legs are aching. It's a good start. Thank you. The podcast we know to pick a winner, don't we, Brady? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm not too bad. <laughs> good, good. Well, come on, Matt. You know, we support Huddersfield Town. We're, we're not used to picking winners. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. let's get on to this game, shall we? We're back at the John Smith for this one. Uh, it's the first home game of the season. Always an exciting one. Well, maybe not in this case because it's a very tough opposition who are travelling to Huddersfield this Saturday. It's Leicester City who are the bookies' favourites to win the league. Uh, they had a winning start to their return to the Championship, a 2-1 victory against playoff finalist Coventry. Um, had a look in their team, the, the team that started on Saturday. Jamie Vardy, Wilfred Ndidi, Ricardo Pereira and Kieran Dewsby-Hall are just some of the names who played in that game. Um, Enzo... Macarez is the new man in the dugout for the Foxes, obviously formerly an assistant manager at Man City. So, you know, um, looks like an interesting team. I think that's maybe why 
given him and the squad the the favourites to to lift the title. Um, but Tom, a three-one defeat at Plymouth. It's not the result you want to start the season. So how's it making you feel about this game on Saturday? Um, yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> it's not the best result. I think the main disappointment for me was um, the defensive display, and that that worries me ahead of uh, this game coming up when you when you've just listed. Just a few of the qualities that Leicester City have in their squad, Brady. Um, and it does make me question, are we going to be able to, to handle that on Saturday um, and keep keep the score down, keep them from having as many chances as possible? So, yeah, I think it's going to be a very tough game. I think you're right, sir. And Matt, how are you feeling about this Leicester side from a town perspective? I suppose it's... Um... You know, you'll probably see those names again, but it might not be the same Leicester team come the end of the window. Not bad, are they? Not bad. <laughs> I mean, they're my tip to uh, to win the league. Um, and we all know that everybody who plays Huddersfield at this time of the season at Huddersfield wins the league. So get your money on Leicester City. So, yeah, yeah, very good. Shouldn't have been relegated with that team, really, should they? Um, a lot of very good players. I think they'll win the league. And I also think we'll beat them on Saturday. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We'll come on to why you think that later on, but um, I think uh, I think did you hear that, Tom? There was a deflection, which uh, I think that means the ref is signalling for a corner. So that can only mean one thing: it's time for Tom's Tom's history corner. Tom's history. Okay. <laughs> Jingles are going well. Uh, Tom, thank you. Well. Um, yeah, so just a, a bit of brief history between the two teams. So um, as far as I'm aware. My my stat man tells me we have uh, we've played each other sixty three times competitively. Um, Town actually edge Leicester here. We've beat them twenty eight times. They've beat us twenty five, and there's only been ten draws between the two teams. Um, first game we ever played against Leicester as well was over hundred years ago, nineteen ten, which was a two one defeat for Town at Leeds Road. And then the last game we played against Leicester was also a defeat. Um, that 4-1 defeat in the Premier League under Jan Sievert. Um, Jamie Vardy got a brace. Um, and he just seems like one of those players who likes to score against town, doesn't he, as well? Um, I remember the, the season they went up from the Championship. Um, he was in form then as well. Um, the biggest kind of ever result, the most goals in a game between these two teams was a win for town in 1926. Sounds like an epic, a 5-3 victory for town at Leeds Road. And that was in front of 26,000 fans as well. Um, could we see another 5-3 on Saturday? <laughs> Maybe in Leicester's favour. Um, and then there's loads of players who played for both teams, isn't there? I mean, shout out if, if I've missed a few, but um, I found a, a quite an interesting one, Maurice Tomkin, who... I think it was 1940s, but he was actually a very good cricketer as well. And he so he played for Town and Leicester, but he also played cricket for Leicestershire. Uh, Connor Cody, now at Leicester. Frank Worthington, legend for both teams. Ewan Roberts, Brady, Brady's lookalike. Um, we've got Danny Ward, goalkeeper. We've also got Alex Smithy's goalkeeper, who's still at Leicester, which is very interesting. I don't think he's actually ever played a game for him though. Um, then there's loads more in there Danny Simpson, Danny Drinkwater Ben Chilwell uh, everyone's favourite Ben Hammer it's like the name, there's a lot of Bens a lot of Dannys um, Gary Taylor Fletcher Anthony Knockout 
Any others? Can you think of any others? I've got two more here that are a bit more obscure. I'll pass it over to Matt. I feel like he... No. Frank Sinclair, did he play for Leicester? Yeah, I think Frank, Frank Sinclair. I, he isn't actually on my list, um, Matt, but I think he did, didn't he? Um, maybe. He Chelsea, or he scored an own goal against Leicester either way. Yeah, <laughs> so. was it Chelsea and Leicester and then maybe he came to us at the end of his career? Um, yeah, maybe. maybe. But he, yeah, uh, the other one I had was Jermaine Beckford, which I, I forgot he played for Leicester. Um, oh, yeah. And Neil Dans. Oh yeah. yeah, there you go. Also, there you go. Tom, I loved, I loved how you called him Ben Hammer and not Ben Hamer. Uh, <laughs> I'm really good at pronunciation, so I can't even pronounce pronunciation right. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to worry. It's not. Uh, it's not like it was particularly good for town, was it? But um, anyway, you, you listed some of the players there. Matt, Matt Lester have got Burton in the Carabao Cup, um, but I don't think it's going to have any impact on the team for Saturday. Do you? I imagine they'll rotate there. The lineup for that one. Yeah, they've got a massive squad, haven't they? So they'll they'll move things around, and even the team that played against Coventry on Sunday, it's probably you'll probably see changes from that because I don't think they were quite perfect. Whether well, they've got a lot of options, um, so yeah, this, I think that when a team comes down from the Premier League, they're still shuffling the decks a little bit, aren't they? Which is one of the reasons why I think they've got a chance. Um, still moving around, shuffling the decks, working out. You know who wants to be there? Who's who's going to give it hundred percent? Because there's one thing saying you want to be there, and another showing it, isn't it? So, um, but I, I think Leicester are, are in a good place, really. Um, they've got good ownership, haven't they? They've got uh, a new manager. The manager's interesting, isn't he? Um, a Guardiola disciple. It's it's interesting. It might take a little while to get things going there. So, um, but yeah, the, you could see any any range, and I still think it's an absolute travesty that uh, their central midfielder doesn't play for us with a name like Jewsbury Hall it's just it's just made <laughs> for us isn't it oh well certainly like him he's a very good player got two goals and the two goals against Coventry um, that's interesting because you look at the matchup uh, that their midfield compared to ours mm. it's uh, oh god uh, Harry Winks Kieran Jewsbury Hall and Wilford and GD against Reg Redoni and Diara that's um, that's a no contest for me so slightly worrying um, but Tom Maybe we can see some some hope uh, in what's coming up next because uh, we did the fan phoning, didn't we? You spoke to Chris from uh, Leicester Till I Die. Yes, I did. And here is that phone call. Hello, this is Tom Bradshaw and you're listening to the fan phoning. Hello, caller. Tell us about your team. Hi, okay, so it's Chris from Leicester Till I Die TV. Hiya, mate, thanks for coming on. Um, so, yeah, just tell us a bit about last season and uh, what went wrong for Leicester. Uh, basically everything. Uh, it all started with FFP. Um, we didn't make any signings. We couldn't sell players to make room for new signings coming in. Then Fafana up and left us like the French git that he is right at the start of the season. Uh, and it all, all and, and Rob Rogers. So basically everything. It was like a perfect storm of everything coming together. But it was all down to, to the FFP not being able to refresh the squad, basically. Um... Well, always look on the uh, bright side of things, mate, I guess. Um, what are you looking forward to the most about being back in the most exciting league in the world, as they say, the championship? Um, 
Looking forward to most about the championship. No VAR, but then again, it gives us a chance to go back to blaming referees, which, I mean, if we're not blaming referees, we're blaming VAR. I think the thing with referees is, though, that if they get it wrong, then we can kind of say, well, look, you know, they're human and what have you. Where with VAR, because the fact that it is, you know, technology, we expect it to be right. Uh, And that's the thing. Who is your favourite Leicester player and why? Are we talking all time or are we talking at the moment? Um, go on, you give me a bit of both. Go on. Um, it's time's coming to an end, but for me, Jamie Vardy has got to be up there. Uh, 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 you know, the guy with what he has achieved, he's just is uh, a role model for, for, for the, you know, those that don't quite make it at the first attempt. If you're talking all time, probably Keith Weller, amazing, amazing player who should have got more time in the England squad uh, than he did. Um, nice one. Um, so coming back to current day, who is your manager now, and what are your thoughts on him? Manager Esco, sorry Enzo Maresca, uh, coming from um, uh, Manchester City. Six days after winning the treble with them and holding aloft the Champions League, uh, surprise signing. I'm going to be honest with you, not my first choice. I don't know whether he's got that experience. I would have liked the Ipswich manager or the Blackburn manager possibly, but he's an exciting signing as a manager. Um, uh, and look, we've only played one game, so it's really, really hard to tell. But he does at least appear to have a plan B uh, when we've just got rid of a manager who, who, who in recent years didn't even have a plan A. Uh, we're quite happy with that. <laughs> Fair play. Um, it's quite interesting, that. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts to the championship, isn't it? Um, and just give us a bit of a lowdown on maybe the players that he's brought in or that the club have brought in for him to to do his magic with on permanent deals Cody I can't believe we've got Cody I know he's injured at the moment but my god 18 months ago he was an England international Uh, they're a bit injured at the moment which is unfortunate but yeah for me Connor Cody can't believe we've got him look forward to him when he's getting better yeah um, good signing that for you I think Um, (laughs) from a town's perspective actually pretty good for us because um, I feel like you spending a bit of cash on him. Um, we had a bit of sell on, a bit of a sell on clause actually from when when we signed him. So, thank you for that. Hopefully, it puts a bit more money on our transfer budget. Um, but yeah, for, with this team and this manager you've got, then where do you think Leicester will finish this season? Well, at my heart, I'd take second. If we go up, I don't care. I mean, obviously, I'd like to go up as champions, but I'm not going to say that we will go up because I think that's being disrespectful to to sort of the the other twenty uh, odd clubs, twenty one clubs, you know, that are the three that got relegated. And I think the fact that they've got the three that, that have come down as going straight back up with the betting companies, I suppose it's um, expected. But I think it is being a bit unfair. But uh, I my my heart. My heart says first or second. My head says I would take anything from fifth, sixth, even seventh or eighth if it means that we don't even get in the playoffs but the following year we go back up stronger. Yeah, fair enough, mate. It's, um, that's a good view to have, that is. Um, and finally, let's uh, let's get to the most important thing. We are a preview podcast for a reason. What do you think the score will be 
this Saturday. Um, score predictions. You didn't have a good start. We had a good start, but again, we showed a few of the old weaknesses when we didn't take advantage of being on top. But I'm going to go 2-0 to Leicester. I'm sorry, but obviously I can't. Back against my team, and we did look good when we were in the winning... Uh, when we went, when you know we we were playing the ball about, so fingers crossed. But no, two 0 to Leicester. Sorry about that. But take care, and uh, let's just hope football's the winner, eh? <laughs> yes, yeah, mate. No worries. Um, thank you for coming on. Thanks for the call. Um, yeah, and good luck. Not for Saturday, <laughs> but for the rest of the season. Cheers, bud. Bye. <laughs> All the best, mate. Take care. Bye bye. There we go. Very interesting stuff from Chris there. Yep, fantastic. Cheers, Chris. And uh, <laughs> we'll move on because it's time for Kwana's question. Hopefully the jingle works out on this one. Okay, they're not going the best here, but it's all right. We'll just soldier on. Um, yeah, so it's the first home game of the season. So we asked our listeners, you listeners who are listening right now, what's your favourite first home game of the season for Huddersfield Town? Um, I will ask the chaps, but we'll read some listener responses first. So Matt, not this Matt who's with us, but another Matt on Twitter. He said, Blackburn 3-2, Sky Night game, last minute winner from Rob Edwards when they'd equalised in about the 90th minute. Still remember that feeling, singing all the way up to the sports centre to be picked up. I was only 10, but it was the school holidays. God, he added the school holidays there and, and he did that context. But no, good, good game. Good game. Uh, Johnny Goog says 3-1 against Saints in 09-10. Brace from Rhodes was closely followed by... 7-1 v Brighton, start a free-scoring Man United of League One era. And Lee Morris, he took mine, so that's why I'm coming to this last. Uh, Brentford in 2016, you could just sense what was coming. There was a genuine excitement around the club that I've not seen before or since at Huddersfield Town. Um, maybe, you know, we've still got a little bit of time and chance to wonder. But yeah, Brentford was my was my shout. Uh, Tom, what was your shout for your favourite first home match? I think Oh, the two of them are in there. There, I think the South. I remember that Southampton one. What a lovely day that was as well. And it was a bit of a. They'd just come down from the championship, hadn't they? I think. Um, so it was. I thought maybe it was going to be a tough test, but yeah, to run out three-one winners against them, and then that yeah Brentford as well. That was a beautiful day. That beautiful sunny day, and it coincided with Huddersfield Food and Drink Festival. Oof. I had a I lot. I had a lot of pies that day. Lots of consumption, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. That you painted quite the picture there, Tom. Uh, Matt, what about yourself? What was your favourite first time game of the season? It, it, this is difficult. Well, it's not that difficult because we're usually absolutely terrible, aren't we? First game, first <laughs> yeah. few games. If you look at our record, I think we've won twice on the first game of the season in the last twelve years or something. It's absolutely. You know, all that pre-season hope and then it just gets dashed, doesn't it, first game. But my favourite ones tend to be away games. There's the Blackpool one in 94-95. But Notts County in about 2010 was, was brilliant. We went there and beat them 3-0. And we looked really good, really fluid. It was really exciting. But in terms of home games, our first home game, it's got to be, hasn't it, 45 years in the making, the first Premier League game in Huddersfield, well, the first top flight game in Huddersfield against Newcastle and Aaron Moy whips that in the top corner. It's it's yeah. that by a mile, isn't it? Surely. Surely. Oh, yeah. That would be a great day. I remember... Um, Not the Chelsea one the year after, though. 
no, no. I remember that Chelsea one actually quickly. Like Terence Congola, remember him? Uh, he uh, did an amazing slide tackle when three 0 down, and I remember people cheering as if we'd scored. Yeah, did, <laughs> didn't they? The small um, crumbs we clung to, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> really realised that day that we were so out of us depth. Like I just remember watching Hazard and thinking, bloody hell. <laughs> I thought that were Ben Hamer as well. Yeah. <laughs> Different reasons. Oh god! But yeah, no, I remember that uh, that Moy v Newcastle. That was a great game, and I remember because my girlfriend at the time was in Primark as the game was going on, and they announced it in Primark apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. <laughs> it was. Um, no, so it's more surprising the Primark thing. Or Brady's had more than one girlfriend. I'm surprised. I thought you've been with that one for a, for like since you were about ten years old. I thought you were a long time, long time. Lovers. That one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Um, I don't think I can play on this pod. So <laughs> uh, we are approaching our time here. So if like me, uh, as I said, and I will be doing this on Saturday, you're going to nip down to the concourse, maybe a couple of minutes before the half ends, depending on how we're doing, and head to the bar for a drink. Um, don't forget, if you're listening to this pod and you're not at the game, uh, you can order online with our sponsor that Tom's drinking his glass of water from. Uh, Magic Rock Brewing, don't forget you can get 10% off all their online orders with our code AHTTC10. Um, so yeah, get that used and uh, get yourself some savings and we will see you back after the break. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win... Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, cool. So we've changed, we've changed halves during this break. Uh, so let's get stuck into town again. Now, after the Plymouth game, we asked fans how they were feeling um, straight after the game. It's fair to say it wasn't positive. Uh, Matt, I know you went into a bit more detail on that. But, um, Tom, you've had a couple of days to process that game. Um, how are you feeling about Huddersfield with the Leicester game coming up? Because, obviously, it's a, it's a tougher opposition. So, are you, are you feeling slightly apprehensive? Um, yeah, a little bit. I think, I think I'm, right at the start, I mentioned it we've got to be so much better defensively. But I think um, we've mentioned it off-air about the the midfield problem that we've got at the moment. Um, I don't know how Reg is going to cope on Saturday, unfortunately, against against this, this type of midfield. Hogg is, even when he's fully fit now, you, you've got to really have a bit of perspective and realise that he's coming to the end of his career. 
And yeah, it's a real shame that Kasumu's probably going to be out again, isn't he, on Saturday? And um, he's at least he's at least as legs and tackling, I think, for me at the moment. Um, so I think there's something still to address in that middle before the transfer window shuts, and that's the that's the thing that worries me ahead of Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt. I mean, I know you you were concerned about the squad. You've you've kind of touched that on on the on the pods, but. Yeah, it's interesting to me that you you kind of think we could get something about this. You know, has has that Plymouth game which you went to has that changed your mind, or do you still think no. we can we can get something? No, no, no. Um, I thought Plymouth on. I'm going to quote Mark Fotherham as on another day. On another day, I thought we could have paced to Plymouth. I thought we were the better team. Um, I thought they were crap. Uh, but the 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 problem really is that I think crap might be harsh. I didn't think they were any any great shakes. I should say. Um, it was just one of those where we missed the opportunities that came to us. Um, I just think with Leicester, it's a not a free hit. There's no such thing as a free hit, is there? But it's a, it's a game where there's no pressure. There's no expectation to win the game. It's all on Leicester. They might be a little bit arrogant as to think they can roll us over easily. And, and to be honest, what I liked about the Plymouth game was that even though we lost, we missed chances, we made errors, uh, the players still battled for 90 minutes. They're still... You know, still stuck at it, still battled, and it. You know, you can't really. You can fault them for lack of quality at times in that game, but you couldn't fault them for you know the lack of effort that they put in, which you could last season. Um, and I don't think you'll ever not get that from a Neil Warnock team. So I think we'll we'll go at them. I think we'll get in the face. I think we'll we'll shock them. Um, and I think we've got a very good chance of of catching Leicester on a day on on a transitional day. And and when you're when you've come down from the Premier League, you do transition and you have good days, you have bad days. I think there's a very good chance we could catch them on a bad day and we could have a good day and we could we could sneak it. I generally do. And I, I you know, before the start of the season, I said we'd get we'd lose at Plymouth and we'd beat Leicester. And I'll stick by it. I, I think we've got the tools that, like like Tom said, midfield worried me all last season. I said at the start of this season, it's not you know, it needs addressing um, more than a striker for me. Um, it is a worry, but. Just play over it. <laughs> Do you, know I mean? you could you could make some alterations, and even Nakayama could fit in there. You know, he's technically good enough, decent defensively. You could have a, a really good shield in front of the defense. I personally, I'd go with a back three uh, and play three five two, uh, like we did against uh, Sheffield United at the end of last season. Uh, and I just think if you just um, really make the middle middle areas congested and awkward mm-hmm. for them um, and frustrate them, then you can you can pinch it. And I generally think we can. Um, I realise it's a long shot, and there's probably people going, "He's deluded. What's he been drinking down in Plymouth?" Uh, but it's it's football. It's a championship, isn't it? And it's it's the perfect time to play Leicester. Um, to be honest, uh, it was the wrong time to play Plymouth. You know, as they've just come up and they're on a, you know, big uh, big ball of momentum. Uh, but it's the perfect time to play Leicester. Uh, it's the perfect time to play a relegated team at home. Um, yeah, let's get let's get into it and give it them. You know, why not? No, I like it. I like it, and. Um... You, you touched on the midfield there again. Um, Tom, I heard in Warnock's pre-match press conference um, for the Plymouth game that he was talking about Ben Jackson and how he could possibly uh, play midfield. Um, and he was impressed with him in pre-season. What do you think to that? Could you, could you see that? I suppose he's got the energy for it. Yeah, I think he's he's quite a versatile player. And he's, he's He technically looks good. And... Um, for his age, I think when he comes up against kind of the more experienced players, he, he's not shy, kind of rubbing shoulders, getting stuck in and stuff. So, 
yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think it would be a terrible option. Um, but I I think Matt, that's a really good point about Nakayama. Kind of kind of forgot about Nakayama even at the start of last year. He, he slotted in there a few times, didn't he? I think. Um, Do you remember Danny Schofield's famous inverted wing back game? Wasn't it against Wigan? <laughs> no, he, he played left back and had to run into defensive midfield. It was a <laughs> it was a sight, was that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a that's definitely a good shout. Um, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I won't. I won't be too. I, I won't fancy to Ben Jackson against Ndidi. I'll be honest. I won't fancy well, Ben Jackson against Ndidi. I don't think that's the right game for him. He played. You have to remember Ben Jackson played central midfield under Carlos, didn't he? A couple of years ago at the start of the season, hmm. uh, it did all right. I like Ben Jackson. Um, I just think physically he's probably got a little bit of work to do on that. He's, he's quite got... A, this sounds really weird, doesn't it? It sounds, could be really misconstrued, this, but he's got quite a young body for his age. Him and Scott High, they're built like 17-year-olds yeah. a little bit, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Great energy on both of them, but you know, physically-wise they could do with uh, maybe a touch more. And, it, and it'll come uh, you know, in a, in a year or two in their careers. But I think as for now... I wouldn't really like to see High or Jackson against someone strong like Ndidi. I just think they'd get bundled over for 90 minutes. But they are options for some point during the season, aren't they? Yeah. But I'd prefer us to go out and get a midfielder, if I'm honest. But if we don't, then who knows? It's it's up to like him and Osterfield, etc., to take a chance, yeah. isn't it, if they get one? So. Yeah. Hmm. And I know, I suppose, we'll, we'll revisit this, Matt, but you talk about that midfielder. What does that look like for you? What type of player do you think Tan need? It looks like Dan Barlasser to me <laughs> from from Middlesbrough, who's apparently available, or Cameron Brannigan, something like that. Someone tenacious who can pass a ball. And there's two names. People always say, oh, who are you going to get? Well, I've just given two names there. Aren't I? So Cameron Brannigan, they'll cost money, obviously. Um, and I know we've not got a lot, but yeah. someone like that. I don't think you can go get another 19-year-old from the Premier League. I don't think that's going to work. And I'm not entirely sure that's Neil Warnock's style either. But somebody like Dan Barlasser, Cameron Brannigan, um, trying to think of someone off the top of my head. But, you know, someone not too dissimilar to Louis O'Brien. I'm never going to get Louis O'Brien back. Uh, sorry, but we're not. Um, if he's available, there's teams with more money are going to come and take him, aren't they? Mm. But, you know, somebody with energy who can, you know, a little bit better on the ball passing than Louis O'Brien. So I suppose you have to offset the energy, don't you? And that Louis and the dribbling ability of Springs. But, yeah, just someone who can get about, tackle, and... Uh, and when we're in those positions where we're under the cosh of it, can just play the ball out wide or play it into a corner and spot somebody. Or essentially, I'd, I'd get on the phone call to Aaron Moyes if he fancies one last gig. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm like with Aaron Moyes. I always yeah. wanted to come back. He'll never come back. He'll never play again. But you know, just it's worth a phone call. Just make the call, Aaron. What are you doing? It's only three pound subs. <laughs> we'll pay for your insurance. I think we've said this, Matt. Even if Aaron Moore's like fifty-three, we'd still have him in the midfield of the town. <laughs> I'd have him in my walking football team. You know, I'd have him in Towns football, Towns team when he's in a walking team. Yeah, <laughs> still do it. It's just he's still got it. It's all yeah. in the head, Fred. It's all in his head. Exactly, exactly. And he, you know, he was he had a bit of an engine to him, but he was never rapid. So you know, anyway, um, not going to happen. Lewis O'Brien's no, not no, going to happen either, unfortunately. No, no. So. Sad, um, but yeah, unsurprisingly, Leicester are, are clear favourites for this one uh, on the, the old odds. But Tom, um, what do you make of this contest from a Huddersfield perspective? Is there anything you think we can hurt Leicester with? Um, I don't know really. I, I thought some of the play down the the um, the wings on the 
on the weekend looked all right. So I guess I guess keep it wide, keep it out of that middle because that's going to be the hardest competition in it for us. And and then it's just taking us chances, like Matt said. I think it was just before half time, wasn't it? We had two really big chances on three, Saturday. Three, I think and, Danny Ward's well, looked. Yeah, so the town should have gone in in front, shouldn't they, at half time, basically, yeah. on um, on Saturday. So it's taking your chances. And um, let's just be. For me, I know, I know the elements were with him for that first goal, Matt, but there's just got to be. Helix either got to head it out for a corner or there's just got to be some better. Co- that's just, I was bit, yeah, I was right behind the goal and Nickel shouted for that, which caused the confusion. He actually, I heard him shout for, right. I can't, I couldn't tell exactly what he shouted, but he, he sort of took a step forward and shouted and then took a step back. And that's why Helix kind of yeah. went a bit like, um, you know, um, Inspector Gadget, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> was legs everywhere. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's just a miscommunication, wasn't it? Which I'm sure they're yeah. lying out. Yeah, yeah. And, and Matt, anything you think we can we can hurt Leicester with? Any any weaknesses or you know strengths? Set pieces, set pieces. It, it, you know, it, I think um, Sauber's set piece delivery against Plymouth was okay. I know he shanked that one. He hooked one pretty badly, didn't he? Which seemed to catch a few people's uh, attention. But um, a couple of those were quite decently put in. Um, they were to the far post, though. I think usually. The Thomas delivery for the likes of uh, Pearson and Helic usually comes in around the middle of the box, you know, sort of six mm. yard, just slightly ahead. So, you know, maybe that's hopefully something they can revisit. Um, Matty Pearson probably be out. I think he got a dead leg, didn't he? he looked like a dead leg. Um, so, you know, we, we, at the back is Tom Lee's fit. I'm not sure. That's that's a, a that's why I go to a back three really, just to, you know solidify a little bit because you've got Helic and um, you don't know how fit Utah is either we see we're dropping like flies already this is one yeah, this is one of my concerns this is why people are saying the squad's too small in terms of quality because last year we had 10 11 12 players injured at once for about half the season didn't we and we had yeah. several season enders and you know if, if we get lucky then great but if we don't then we don't have the numbers to cook to cope, really, do we? But I think the best way to do it is just to strengthen numbers, get Helic in the middle, get him talking to maybe Romani on the right hand side if Pearson's not fit, and then maybe Yutta on the left if he's fit, or maybe play him in midfield. I don't know. It's it's difficult, isn't it? Because yeah. we we are, we don't know what the status is of yet of, of some. I'm sure the press conference will give us more. But um, mm. yeah, set pieces, Brady, to answer your question, that's the way. And it's going to be ugly, you know, make it ugly, make the game as ugly and slow as possible and just play the ball because they'll have a high line, I guess, if, you know, under a, a Guardiola coach like Maresca. Yeah. So, you know, play the ball over the top, make them turn, make them put it out for throw-ins, you know, get your, you know, get your, um, your foot in higher up the pitch, you know, from there and get the ball in the box and see what happens. I think that's, that's, that's going to be our tactic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose you could play, because um, he did a little bit under Warnock as well, I suppose you could play Ruffles as a, as a, Back in the yeah, sorry, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he's played there against uh, Stockport for a bit, didn't he? Um, yeah, so yeah, in. he could play Ruffles, yeah, and Jimmy Heem yeah. on the left. Jimmy is a yeah. great option for left wing, but yeah, what, what are you complaining about, Matt? We've clearly got options, yeah, um, but yeah, Tom, obviously, we're recording this ahead of the, the Middlesbrough game cup game uh, I think it was funny hearing the lack of <laughs> enthusiasm we all had for talking about that game and um, same with Neil Warnock to be fair he said he'll re- rotate the side um, is there anyone you think that's likely to feature in that cup game that you think maybe should be knocking on the door for the for the game on Saturday I know that's an easy one to say but is anyone in the squad you think could maybe come and make a difference 
I don't know. It's a good. It is a good question. That I mean, I guess you you've thrown like Headley's name and Osterfield's name out there in this podcast. So maybe that it's a good chance for because if he's rotating, it's going to be the younger lot in it. Because I mean, we've already discussed the the depth that we have to this squad, and when you really look at who's going to replace someone, it's 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 a younger player. So yeah, it's going to be a chance for them to maybe say, look, I can I can play up against another Championship side. Potentially, Borough can do the same thing, but do you know what I mean? It's a chance to impress in it. So, um, yeah, a couple of younger lads probably. I'm trying to think who else, who else is either coming back. You have to throw some names out for me, Matt. Can you think of any? Pat Jones was decent when he came on against Plymouth. I liked Pat Jones. Hmm. Keen Harrett as well. I thought the game was yeah. made for Harrett a little bit earlier yeah. when it was one all. Yeah, might Hudlin. be interesting if yeah, if Hudlin and Harrett like maybe he'll start those two. Against Borough, potentially, it might be interesting to see if they kind of throw the hat in the ring a bit more. They were they were quite good against Heron Um yeah. Hudlin's just the, I think that when you've got like a seven foot striker, like you know six foot nine, isn't he? But you know when you've got someone that big, you know defenders attract to them like moths to a light, aren't they? And and Harrett's brilliant at finding space in the box, so the, the two as a partnership could really could potentially work. Um, again, you've got to get your quality right, haven't you? To get it into the box so Sauber Thomas Ben Jackson etc whoever whoever plays wide has got to make sure that the balls into the box are good but Harrett's the perfect player to you know what you want in the box for knockdowns or when the ball breaks free um, so there's, there's potential there it's just but that's what it is isn't it it's potential it's not it's not been you know solidified and found yet but you know mm-hmm. maybe it might maybe it will maybe it won't yeah I, I think um, I agree with you that I think Harrett and Hudlin have looked Pretty good as a, a duo, um, like you said in that Harrowin game, and maybe if you know it's still nil nil, um, like you say, if we're doing what Warnock can do best about the big teams, which make it a horrible game, kind of snuff it out. I think that could be a potentially interesting, like you say, that you know Hudlin does attract attract defenders. So uh, and they've looked quite good in, in preseason. Like Hudlin's the one that's interested me. He's a lot further along. When I know it's only pre-season, but it looks a lot further along than maybe I thought it would. Um, I thought he'd go out online, but it looks like he mm-hmm. not at the time of recording anyway. So we, we'll see. But um, no, it's we'll a big, it's to... a big, um, it's a big change, isn't it? Pre-season to you know uh, the championship, you know, against Heron Vane, who we're down to ten men and probably playing at seventy percent to you know Leicester City. There's a huge, huge quality, a huge gap, you know, gulf of quality there from from one to the other from Stockport as well who are again trying different things out there in pre-season so but you've got you know I'd I'd play them against Middlesbrough you know give them time against Middlesbrough and see how they get on and you know one step at a time you know build the bridge for them to to get across to get them to where you want to be so we'll we'll see what it's like but the Middlesbrough game is quite key I think for people like Huddling at Osterfield and it'll give Neil Warnock a good idea as to whether they can step up or, or move in yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, well, we'll come on to the max, uh, our match predictions then, gentlemen. Uh, Tom, what are you predicting for this one? Um, do you want my positive one or do you want my realistic one? <laughs> I want whatever you want to tell the listeners, Tom. I say 3-1 to Leicester. <laughs> and I'll say, um, let's have a helic goal from a corner. The top scorer, yeah. then, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we already is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Um, I can see, I can see your logic there, Matt. What about yourself? So you, I suppose you've got to go with a, a victory. If this is, yeah, we're going to shit house a two-one. I think. 
I'd like that. All right. Nice. Who are you going for your goal scorers? Because <laughs> we're doing a prediction uh, this season. Um, Rodoni and Kean Harrett. Oh, very nice. I would like that. Um, yeah, I I think Leicester are going to beat us. I think we'll make it a lot more um, competitive than people are maybe thinking who are like neutral to this game. But I, I think Leicester will just have the quality over us. I'm going to go 2-1, unfortunately. I just, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a great start to the season. Our run is quite tough. And I think they're, they're a, a negative Nellies, you two. I know. Yeah, well, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but um, yeah, I uh, like I said, that midfield concerns me. Like you've said, Tom, Jamie Vardy always seems to score against us, and I think uh, you know. Although to be fair, if, if Jamie Vardy scores against us, do you reckon he'll like howl like a dog, like he uh, did yeah, when yeah, he had my wolves and the eagle as well. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure town fans would love that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, who am I predicting? Uh, I'm predicting to score. Uh, I'm going to go huddling, just like a consolation. <laughs> just like huddling. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, cool. So, nice positive match predictions there from me and Tom. Um, <laughs> but we'll come on to a bit of extra time uh, because we've just had the full-time whistle go, but it's extra time. You don't hear a full-time whistle go if there's extra time. What am I talking about? It's extra time. It's the mailbag. You've got mail. Question for you. I'm going to come to you first, Matt. Uh, and this is what appears to be kind of the crux of what was on town Twitter. Um, it's very split already, which is, uh, I think, that's a new record. You know, we've already <laughs> split the fan base uh, one match in. Uh, Ham says, don't you think that when we galvanise under Neil, Neil Warnock that the sky is the limit? Carlos got us in the playoffs and Neil kept us up. Neil is still here and we have a new owner who has said all the right things. Can we not just give them a chance? Matt, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think everyone's given. I think everyone will give them a chance, but I think if people don't like what they see, they'll, they'll they won't keep their mouths closed. I don't think they should either. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? I think I'm quietly watching and keeping my powder dry, really, on our on our podcast until the end of the window. Um, I know they've mentioned there are challenges. They've not explicitly said what they are. Uh, the communication's been really good. I, I like Kevin Nagel. I think he's. He tweeted yesterday about opening his wallet. I thought that was a brilliant tweet. I really did. I thought that was the exact type of um, interaction that people want to see from an owner. I thought it was absolutely perfect. Um, yeah. Um, I think people just, you know, when it's hard to keep perspective when you when you can see that the team's probably not where you would want it to be. And I think, I'm, I'm not talking about me, I'm just talking about fans in general. I think when you th- sort of see everybody else strengthening, and you see people spending money. You see Leicester throwing big wages. At, sorry, not Leicester. See Rotherham throwing a decent wage at Andre Green, for example. Um, and all the teams at the bottom, Cardiff, who, who were supposed to be under an embargo, and go get Carl and Grant. They go get um, Aaron Ramsey, and they go two 0 up at, at Belend Road, which was uh, unfortunate that they didn't keep that. Um, but you see this happening and where we've brought in a, a right back who Stoke fans tell us he's absolutely terrible. He did all right against Plymouth for me and I thought he did all right against Herenbeen. So, you know, uh, I'm keeping an open mind, but I like what I see of him. The goalkeeper's obviously there as a backup to Nichols, but we've got holes in the team. And But you've got to, you know, at the same time, I think you've got to give them chance to to do it as well. So, I'm like I say, I'm keeping 
I'm keeping sort of quiet-ish until the end of the month, and I'll, I'll, I'll assess it from me from there. But yeah, 100%. Neil Warnock, I've got 100% faith that Neil Warnock will, will do Neil Warnock things with us, but you can't just give Neil Warnock, just to give an extreme example, you know, he played a 14-year-old painter and decorator, didn't he? That story against... Um, yeah. Rick Tavistock or Liskard or something, yeah. you know, you can't give him 14-year-old painter and decorators and expect him to turn them into world peers, can you? But, you know, I, I have faith in Neil Warner, but he needs a little help with a couple of players. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to wait till the end of the month too before going off on one. But it, it's difficult. I understand it's difficult for fans when you lose games and all the things people are saying, you do get a lot of naysayers, pause. You get a lot of them, you know, sort of saying, oh, we need this, we need that. And then when you play and you can see that patience starts to thin out a bit. And I think what's really, what was good in that second episode of the documentary as well, Brady, is you can see how they didn't quite have their ducks in, ducks in line to buy the club, did they? A lot of people come in and buy a club and they have everything in line. They go, right, we have a plan. We've got this money. We, we, we're putting this there. And they've got time to assess what they're going to do, assess what they need and assess what they're going to do at each milestone and stage. Kevin Nagel's kind of been thrown into this a little bit. Well, he's, he's thrown himself into it um, without really a plan before he's done it. He's had to make the plan up on the fly a little bit. So it, I think there are going to be little bumps here and there. And unfortunately, it, it's looking like it's going to be the toughest championship for a long time in terms of its competitiveness. So it's not a good year to either to have a a blip unfortunately but yeah you've got to give him time and I think that documentary was I know some people find it a bit cheesy but I, I, I took quite a bit out of it as well um, so yeah give him, give him the opportunity but at the same time people shouldn't be told to or shouldn't be abused or told to shut up for having an opinion either it's just, it's just football isn't it we've all got one let's see how it goes but if people don't like what they see they'll say it's just that's just what it is like our podcast, Brady. Like, uh, like the results of the uh, fan survey. <laughs> so, there we go. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I mean, sorry, just to touch on what you've mentioned briefly. There, I mean, with the documentary, I, I think it was kind of clear it's not really meant for the current fans. Although it's good to get an insight, it's kind of to open up new markets and attract new yeah, like yeah. the Americans. So yeah, but no, it, you make a point. I think um, they're still getting the feet under the table, aren't they? That's the thing, and um, it's interesting because I've had a few conversation with friends about town and you know it's difficult because this it's kind of like I think it's what people want to happen and what actually is going to happen because if you look at what they've said they've said they're gonna it's going to be a bit of a cautious year and we're not going to bring in loads of people and in this window and you know Neil has said in the press conference to bring in like two or three more and you know I completely agree with you Matt I think we'll have to wait really um until the end of the the window and then we can see what our squad is from from now until until uh december yeah. january time but yeah it's um i don't know it's 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 hard to be patient when you're getting hammered when you're getting beat isn't it that's the thing it's just i i understand so i understand it i'm i'm just quite what will be will be with with it and i i don't really blame people for jumping to kevin nagel's um you know the white knights you know sort of like rallying around him and saying oh give him a chance etc I, I i completely agree with them but I also kind of agree with those that say, no, we need a midfield, we need this. Like, yeah. Mm. Um, and it's just patience is, is a, you know, patience isn't, doesn't really exist in football with football fans, does it? Everybody wants everything now. And it, it is difficult. And it's not easy either, is it really, just to like click by on 
Cameron Brannigan offer five hundred thousand pounds bid accepted. There we go, football manager. It's worked. Yeah. I bought. You know, it's not the same, no. is it? You know, it's not. You know, he might not want to move north. He might. You might have to pay him extra to buy a house and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and then he might even at the end fail his medical. It's just not as easy as it as you know as a, a, a simulation. There's there's so many moving parts and. They're all a lot of them are learning as well. Mark Cartwright's been here before. He's been in you know at Stoke for a long time, so hopefully he can be an influence in there. But Jake Edwards has you know has been in America for is it ten years or something. Yeah. So you know he's been over in America for ten years. Kevin Nagel's never been over here, and <clears throat> there's there's definitely a lot of acclimatizing to do, not just to how football works here, but how football fans work as well. Because we are bipolar by nature. You know, if yeah. we win, if we win against Leicester, everyone will be tagging Kevin Nagel going, you're the best owner ever. We love you. And then if we lose, we'll be, you know, they'll be getting ripped to shreds, won't they? Which I hope, I hope that doesn't happen because you know, I don't want to see that. But, you know, it's just, it's just the, the nature of football fans. You know, if we're winning, everything's great. If we're losing, everything's the world's ending. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the unfortunate thing is, and Tom, I'll, I'll get you in, um, in, a, in a sec for your tip, but I think the unfortunate thing for, if you're from like if you're Kevin Nagel and, and that team is you talked about that patience, Matt, but the patience is kind of, you know, we've got had seasons and you know, particularly last season it was miserable for two thirds of it. So I think people's patience are already uh, we've had one good year in five or something, haven't we? Since mm. we got you know, it's Huddersfield fans have been I wouldn't say we've been through the ringer, have we? Berry fans have been through the ringer. All yeah. fans through the but we've not exactly had a great time, have we, in the last five years. It's just so I think that, that that does add to it as well, Brady. You know the sort of lack of patience, the way we've come down from the Premier League and just mm. start, you know, acted like small time in yeah. non-entities again. You know, it has frustrated everybody. Nothing changed, did it really, from being relegated? Apart from now, we skin even more. So, um, so yeah, this, this, yeah, we got the whites. There is a huge frustration, and I, I get it. Yeah, you know I mean, I get it, and it's it's just unfortunate for. Kevin Nagel, that he's average, that he's bore some brunt of it recently, uh, but like I say, win some games and we'll be, you know, and everyone. It's just, it's just the bipolar nature of football. It's just you've just got to roll with it. Sometimes we've learned, haven't we, on the, doing this podcast that, you know, if Huddersfield Town are crap, all of a sudden we start getting, you know, people start saying negative things towards us for things that we haven't mm. said sometimes, and you're like, what's going on here? And it's just people just vent, don't they? You know, when yeah. and the frustration, I'll find something to vent the frustrations at and. Get more it listeners just, as well, to be fair. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> unless it goes really bad and then everyone just gives up and stops listening. Yeah. So, you know, you need you need, you need some wins in there. But yeah, he's, he's, he's right. Uh, I think Neil Warnock has a lot of um, credit in the bank, doesn't he? So I don't think, I don't really see people having a go at Warnock, even if we lose the first no. five. I think no. people will just say, yeah, it's a tough start. Though the majority mm. will. But yeah, it's it's a really sort of, that's something you can talk about for half an hour, isn't it? That, what is what yeah. said. Um, it's just, it's just the way people. It's just the way football fans are these days, especially social media. When you take social media as that echo chamber of chaos as well, yeah. Um, people, you know, and people react to it as well, don't they? Someone will come up with something, maybe me, maybe pause again. You know, comes up with something sensationalized, and then, uh, or maybe not me. That's not really my style. But some someone comes up with something, someone will hang on to one, and then all of a sudden it'll create that reaction. And you know, and I think. As as with us doing this podcast, I think we should probably try and be as neutral as possible as we can, can't we? We try. I do. I know you do, Brady. You, you do, Tom. I think sometimes we just have to try and be as 
open and look at both angles as often as we can just to not add to the pylon because that, that's the last thing you want is yeah. just everything going mad and a, a huge pylon um, against people like Kevin Nagel or Neil Warren because that's not what we want, isn't it? That doesn't get anybody anywhere. So, yeah, hopefully they'll we'll get some transfers in and win a game and everyone will just be happy and skipping along merrily and daisies in the hair and all's good. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of waffle there, sorry, Brady. A lot of waffle there. That's all right, Matt. You clearly need to get it out of your system. Uh, I completely disagree with you. I want as many hot takes <laughs> as possible. Tom, give me some hot takes. What do you think about that question? Do you think um, we should be patient or do you think we should uh, storm? I think we Ron should John be storming storm the, the Bastille. Storming the Sir John Smith Stadium at this very moment, pitchforks and everything. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with Matt there. I think one, one positive I also took from Saturday was... Um, it was really nice to hear a really loud away end. For uh, I feel like it's been a long time since we've gone somewhere and completely. It just, I mean, I I watched it on iPlayer, but honestly, all you could hear were town fans. There was that the obviously the two minutes <laughs> for the the crazy two or four minutes where they got the two goals, but it was a really good following. And, uh, I don't think that sells out either, Tom. If it's not for Neil Warnock being in charge, yeah. Either. So I think we've. I think the one positive Neil's going to bring this year. I think the fans are just going to, <laughs> unless it went really, <laughs> really on its uh, on its back, going to back the team, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so lads, we'll uh, we'll end it on this one because uh, quite enjoyed this. Uh, Guy Bradley asked. He said, "I'm not trying to be negative, so." Which American snack foods should we start telling at the stadium? This is uh, this is a one that interests me. I quite like and I quite like. I don't think they're American, but I suppose they're inspired by American. At Magic Rock, they've got the little jalapeno pretzel bites. I'm a big fan of them. I'd like them. Uh, like typical American snacks. I don't know. We kind of got the hot dogs. I think they're all right. Yeah. Um, I don't know though. Is there anything? Do you want some pop tarts, Tom? Anything interesting? Sorry, I've never been to America, so okay. I couldn't really comment on having anything that's from America. Um, but I, I, I've never had a Twinkie. I'd like to try a Twinkie, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so if they start selling those at the stadium, that'd be quite good. <laughs> Town Just, Twinkies, um... you could call them. <laughs> I've had a Twinkie. I've had one. They're all right. They're not. Corn dogs, Brady. <laughs> Corn dogs, corn dogs. Dog. Corn dog corn dog. Would you recommend? It, pretty much a sausage on a stick, just dipped in a deep fat fryer and pulled out. That's pretty much a corn dog. It's like like when you go to Scotland and you get deep fried pizzas. It's similar mm. sort of thing, but obviously there's corn involved. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think the the food offerings at the stadium are just have been the same, haven't they, since. Yeah, <laughs> so, but uh, I, I think price-wise, it's all about pricing point, though, isn't it? To to bring people in, and I know pricing's a sore point, but I, against Heronvin, I went with with Charlie, and he was like, "I'm hungry." I have times like, "All right, we'll go get a hot dog," and it's like, "I'll have a hot dog and a coke," and it's like eight quid, and that's a meal yeah. deal apparently, and it's like, you know, but it's not even know? a good hot dog, is it? That's the thing. If it's, no. a good, if it's a good hot dog. You're excusing that, but it's just like yeah. If you if you if it's like one of those little carts you see at little venues, like yeah. a street, you know, a street thing, then you kind of like looking at that and you're going, eh, all right, it's got all sorts on. Mm. But they're like, no, they're not. Not and they, it was are like, they still just the ones that are in like a tin foil. Um, yeah, floppy, pattern. flaccid. Yeah, yeah, a big yeah. flaccid hot dog is what I got. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, still ate it. 
and finish there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when obviously it take a lot of effort and so on, but you know, like you get those out of context pod accounts. So I think yeah. that, and also you say I've always wanted to it. <laughs> yeah, you said that a little bit creepily. I think yeah, yeah. it's a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit worrying. Um, but yeah. I think that's a that is a good point to end it on because you know even if the results aren't bad at least we can all still laugh about it and um, yeah, yeah bring those jalapeno pretzels to the John Smith you heard it here mm. first uh, Kevin yeah. I'll t- I'll tag him and then obviously it'll reply <laughs> <to me>. um, <laughs> but yeah we'll leave it there so uh, now thank you to thanks to Tom and thanks to Matt for coming on Matt will uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing you review an historic Leicester victory um, this that's weekend yes cross. But and yeah, the flaccid uh, hot dogs, yeah, and maybe less of the flaccid hot dogs. I think we will stop recording before we get vulgar. But um, thanks to all the listeners and to Tar for now and up the town. So town play up, bring the car back to others. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.